thank you, fellow crewmates. I'm off. And when I return, I shall be a cabin man. Hi there, and welcome to Baseball by Design. I am SportsLogos.net minor league baseball correspondent Paul Caputo, broadcasting live, as always, from the Sunday Helmet Hall of Fame in my basement in Fort Collins, Colorado. Today, we're going to be talking about the High A Lake County Captains who play in the Midwest League just east of their parent club in Cleveland. I'm going to be talking later on in this episode to Dan Simon of Studio Simon, who created the branding for this team. I'll be speaking with Brad Seymour, who was the general manager in 2009 when they switched to their current look. And of course, Dan Simon will be back with another Studio Simon Stumper at the end of this episode. Right now, I'm very happy to be joined by Alan Miller. I almost don't know how to introduce Alan Miller right now because Alan is is involved with so many things that you see on Twitter. If you are on Twitter and you're a minor league baseball person, there's, there's Official League Hats, which is the new hat company that you started within the last uh, year. There's the Collide Creative Agency. There is, of course, the Portland Pickles, where you know you've you've made perhaps the biggest splash on on social media, and of course, as of very recently, you are the owner, president, CEO, Grand Poobah of the Lake County Captains. So, Alan, thank you uh, for being here. How are you? I'm doing well. Busy as you could imagine, but uh, all all is good. It's good to have baseball back. Holy smokes, is it ever? You are you are a repeat guest here. And I should tell you that the Portland Pickles episode uh, that we did way back when it remains the most downloaded episode of of Baseball by Design. So all of the Thank earlier you. episodes have more downloads because people go, you know, hopefully they find the podcast and then they go re-listen to the to the back the back catalog. The Pickles episode, every time I check the numbers, the Pickles episode's the one uh, that has the most downloads. And then oddly. The other Portland team, the Sea Dogs, is the one that has the second most. So the two Portlands have the most uh, the most downloads. Well, it makes a lot of sense, I guess, right? Yeah, it's just people just out there searching Portland on uh, on the their their podcast downloaders. But it does raise the question, right? I mean, with the Portland Pickles collegiate summer level team, a lot of freedom to do a lot of creative, funny stuff. You guys have pushed the boundaries uh, on social media, not so much on the field. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of wackiness. There's not you don't have like the Savannah Bananas wackiness, right? With that, you've got your wackiness is is more for like the marketing side of things, the 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 Twitter sphere side of things. So it was, I will say, I was a little surprised to see you get into the the arena of affiliated minor league baseball. What made you uh, get involved with the Lake County Captains? Well, I think first off, I think we always wanted to give it a try. I think it I think, you know, as as fans, I think we start from we're fans of minor league baseball. We're fans of baseball. And uh, you know, I think we want to try to experience all parts of this. I think as being um really good operators and marketers, I think it's important for us to learn um how other leagues work and what restrictions may they may have, um, what creative freedoms they may have. Um, you know, minor league affiliated minor league balls where I fell in love with minor league baseball. I've been a huge fan my whole life. So it's a, you know, I think it's a real, it's a real honor. I think we feel very privileged to, to have had the opportunity and, and really, you know, I think one of the things that's really excited us is the opportunity to work with our parent club, which is the Cleveland guardians uh, in a really special way, because our team is so closely located from a proximity um, to downtown Cleveland um, that there's it really opens up an opportunity to do things that haven't been done in a market that share uh, you know major and minor league team and 
we've really been blown away by the people there and their operation and how um, how good they are at what they do. And, and we think we can add a lot uh, to the market. And I think you put a few of those things together, uh, you know, it's, it feels like a really, a really good fit for us. Yeah, absolutely. I actually, I, I was at a work event in Cleveland. The Guardians were not in town. I went to baseballmapper.com and found that the Lake County captains were the the nearest minor league baseball team and they were playing that night. And so I was, I was able uh, last April to get to my first ever Lake County captains game. Got a great dad hat with the great <laughs> Dan Simon logo that you're wearing on your uh, unofficial <laughs> official league hat right now. Uh, this, this nickname, the Lake County captains, what can you, you know, being new to the franchise, being new to the team, what can you tell me about, you know, what the significance is of of that logo and nickname to to the Cleveland area community? Yeah, and this is a it's a really good, interesting question, and I think it plays to sort of that market. It's it's really, you know, I've I've been fortunate to get to spend a lot of time there lately, and you know, it's it's um it's a really unique area, and just learning about you know east side of Cleveland versus west side of Cleveland versus downtown versus, you know, what is Lake County? And, um, you know, we're, it's interesting because I think you've got a best of both worlds scenario there because you have, you are on the lake. I mean, Lake Erie is a way of life and the stadium is less than a mile uh, from the lake. And so it is absolutely a part of everyday life from whether you're gonna play or be rained out or be snowed out or be winded out. Um, the lake is really important. And I think that from a nautical perspective, and, and this is where um, there are elements of this in the stadium and things we want to bring out more, but the stadium was built in a nautical theme. Uh, there are circular uh, windows and um, very specific things that were built out to kind of build off of, hey, this is the, this is the lake team. Um, and so having a aquatic captain, um, I thought was, you know, a really good choice. And, and I think if you look around the league, um, all leagues, you really don't see many teams named the captain. So I think that there's a there's a great way to stand out. Um, I also think it's a I think it's a great name from a perspective of you know we're the captains as who the cap what a captain is. But I also think it plays into you know I like caps and I think that from a CAPS opportunity there's a fun way to kind of tie that in to build other nicknames. Um, but we plan on fully playing off the uh, the aquatic theme and building from where it's at and. You know, when you have a team that's been in the market for 20 seasons, you have multiple different rebrands. Um, and for this season, we're, of course, we're going back to the original 2003 logos. Uh, we'll be playing in those um, uniforms and um, and hat combinations throughout the season as well. And there's some great, great logos um, that are, um, you know, from the catalog. I think they've gotten to a place that got a little bit stale. Um, but when we go back to the original marks, um, there's a lot of creativity and I think, some, you know, a lot of a lot of good work in those. So the these these logos that they were wearing in you know oh three to oh six and then oh seven to oh eight those are those are the ones the team will be wearing going forward. Well, we have a few. There's a lot of different combinations we'll be wearing. Um, we will be wearing the original. The whites. Our plan right now is to wear the original two thousand three white uniforms in the mm -hmm. home rotation. Um, we also have a, um, so that's the original uh, captain with the bat over his shoulder, the the drunken sailor, uh, <laughs> we affectionately call him. Uh, so he'll be he'll be a really big part of our branding this this year and some signage and uh, promotion. So we're really, I think, bringing back a lot of that character um, in addition to the the front facing sailor as well, um, mm -hmm. who's been used throughout that. I think the the main logos, are, the parts that we we kind of maybe want to shy away from now is sort of the the steering wheel aspect of of the marks 
um, just from, you know, they've, they've actually, it's interesting, they've, they've been using those to so much longer than even the original marks. So mm -hmm. it's kind of nice. And I think that it's, it's a good thing to kind of remind the people, I mean, you've been going to, the people have been going to games there for 20 years. Um, I think it's a really good opportunity to go back and kind of just remember all those things and styles and um, players that have played there because it's a, it's an unbelievable roster of players that have come through there. I mean, if you look at the guardians right now, almost every single guardian starter uh, came through Lake County and fairly recently too. Right. The, the logo that's on your hat right now is the, the one that, that Dan Simon created. And I think it was 2009. Uh, will that one be in play as well? Yeah, no, we're, we're using a combination of logos. I mean, we're still using okay. some of the current marks um, that, you know, there is a process for change. I mean, we came into this process for this season pretty late to make a lot of, um, huge changes, but we just kind of altered what was already, you know, what was what we were planning on and kind of brought out some of the things that we liked. In stadium, we kind of made some adjustments, um, little things to enhance um, parts of the current logos in stadium to make them a little bit brighter, cleaner, pop a little bit more. Um, but from a merch perspective, it's, it'll, you know, from a, or, you know, it'll just take a little bit longer to get those um, in market. But from a, um, there's some great one color options we're playing with. There's, there's a lot of, I said 20 years, there's a lot of great material to play with. So what have you learned in your experience with the Portland Pickles and also with the Cleburne Railroaders, which your ownership group is involved with? What, what have you all learned in, in, at that level of baseball that will be applicable here in the affiliated minor leagues? I think it's a lot of the same things. I think that's what's, and I think I've learned it from, I think we've learned it over the years from the lowest level to the highest level. You're dealing with a lot of the same issues. I mean, the major league business model is a different model, but from a minor league perspective, from minor league, collegiate, wood, bat, independent, I think you're dealing with a lot of the same issues. Your business model is the same. Um, you're a food and beverage business. You're selling tickets. You're creating great merchandise. You're selling partnerships. Um, so I think there's a lot that is that transfers. Um, our strategy has always been to be more creative, um, to sort of come up with you know new nuances of um, local authenticity that we believe in and think it's really important. Uh, so I think we're what we really want to do and what we're doing is just carrying that over a bit. And we've got a great crew in Lake County, and I lean on them a lot because I don't know the market as well as I will in a few years. But, you know, I want to we don't want to do something that's embarrassing to the market. We want to enhance the things that we think are great about it, um, things that we think are really powerful and fun and exciting. Um, and I think that's no different than, um, you know, Texas to Portland to Ohio. Um, we want to bring out the history um, in unique and fun ways. And that's, I think, what, uh, and, you know, we've had a lot of success with that in Portland. Um, you know, I think also people in Portland are very open and accessible to that from a media perspective. They've been really kind to us and given us a lot of great coverage, but I, I think it's transferable. And I mean, we'll find out if they kick us out this year and we're done, <laughs> one and done. But I think uh, from the early response and what we've been hearing from people, um, they're really excited to to see to see what happens. So, I know that Dylan T. Pickle has uh, taken over the Pickles uh, Twitter feed. Can we expect a drunken sailor Twitter takeover? Um, not in the first month. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's. I actually have had some calls with um, you know Major League Baseball about you know said said uh, said Twitter post, um, <laughs> and uh, you know I I think there's there's time and place to be creative and to try different things. Um, so I think we will come up with things. I'm sure we will get our hands slapped. Um, but, you know, I think once again, when we're coming from a place of authenticity and really just trying to build these promotions and fun, um, I think for the most part, it'll, it'll be, 
it'll be really great. Um, you know, not too many uh, Twitter takeovers yet, <laughs> uh, but I wouldn't put us past us, you know, in the near future. But speaking of, of that sort of thing, I mean, I think people on the, you know, the, the minor league baseball Twitter community noticed right away that after you all took over the team, that there was more activity on the team's social media feeds. That's obviously a big part of your approach to marketing these teams. What was, you know, what, what was that conversation like with the team going in and saying, Hey, you know, Hey, look at, we're going to, we're about to start being real active on social media. Yeah, I, I think it was very it was positive. I mean, I it, it's um it's a really challenging thing when you've when you've gone in one direction for 20 years and then I pop up and we're like, hey, we're gonna do everything different. <laughs> um that's a challenge. I mean, it's hard for anyone in anybody's job or position to be like, well, we're gonna try something new. Um, and they've done a they've done a really good job of um believing and buying into the story and the process and the levels of success that we want to get to. And and we've seen it. Uh, I mean, even our first month in from a just from a you know social perspective, we were one of the top teams of social media for the month. Um, and not that that's a huge thing for us, but it's important to to show the staff that we're moving in the right direction. These lots of little things will turn into big things. And you know, our goal is to is to build our fan base. And and I think you've got to be very active socially to do that. You know, I've I've never really understood why teams more teams don't invest in things like social media more so just because. It's the only thing that people aren't seeing. The only thing they're going to see if they don't go to a game every night. And I think you can, we've seen it with our other teams, that the more active you are and the more you talk to people and the more you make fans one person at a time, mm -hmm. they will come and they will support you and they will grow over time. So it's a long process, but we we believe in it fully and um, and they're doing a great job with it. So it's it's not going to be, it's not an immediate, like, here's what we're going to do. It's like, let's slowly build into things. So everyone's more comfortable. I'll tell you, we'll be in a different place in three months than we are now. Um, and hopefully it continues to get better and better um, as everyone gets more and more comfortable with um, the direction that we're going. The social media, I mean, honestly, just like you're saying, I mean, it really is so important to, to building that brand. And I can speak to the fact that I own a, a Portland Pickles hat at least one Portland Pickles t-shirt, a stack of Portland Pickles ice cream helmets. I mean, there's a lot of Portland Pickles stuff in my house. For someone who has never been to a Portland Pickles game, outside of driving through a corner of Oregon after dropping my daughter off at college, I haven't been to Oregon since 2008. So, you know, the, the fact that I have all this Portland Pickles stuff and I haven't been there since before the team existed, you know, speaks to that that social media presence. I did go and, you know, buy up a bunch of stuff at the team store when I was there at the captain's game. And they had a great selection. Like the team store was, you know, the the, the ballpark itself was largely, you know, no frills, but it was the team store was really extensive. And I got a bright yellow dad hat, which, you know, you know, me and my dad hats. I love my bright colors on my dad hats. So that was that was a really good one. In general, though, with this team, was there something in particular about the captains that attracted you all, or was it an opportunity that became available? What were you looking for in a team to purchase? Well, I think we were looking, and we've been looking for a while. I think what we really wanted was, I think we know what we're good at, and we, you know, and I think we know what what situation we're going to have the most fun in. And I think what the reality of that is that we're really good with sort of turnaround projects or teams that are not good at our strengths. And we would say our strengths are marketing, social media, uh, innovations and in technology, um, you know, food and beverage. Um, well, those are things we're good at. We've done them for a long time with our other businesses. 
Um, so when we see one that may be underperforming um, or saying, oh, their food and beverage should be way higher, um, their social media should be way higher, their merchandise should be, like, when we see that and we're like, oh, well, why why hasn't it been? And as, like it's fair to say there are a lot of owners in this league who like have teams for very different reasons. And some like it because they love watching baseball and that's totally fair. And some like it um, for various reasons. Um, I like it because I like to make hats and we like to have fun and we like to, we like to, you know, to be the, the, the epicenter of the community. Uh, we want to be able to things creating storylines and, and entertaining people and creating things every night that they've never seen before. So when we see something that's, you know, when we saw originally the captains we're like, wow, they've been there for a long time and I haven't heard much about them. Um, I don't really know what it, they're about. And we saw it and like, wow, this is, they've got great bones. The stadium is amazing. And um, and we think what we do well can really fit very well with what they've already accomplished there. Um, so we've looked at a lot of teams, and um, you know we're always looking at different things and opportunities. I that's <laughs> I probably should stop now, but we're always still looking at things just because <laughs> it's uh, you know it's fun. And uh, yeah, this was a this was a good fit I think for for that, and and especially part of that country. Um, you know, I'm always excited to explore areas that I haven't spent much time in, and um, I'll tell you from us, all our partners have had a great time there, and. Um, the community is amazing. The great bars, great restaurants, great people, great beer scene. Um, and that's kind of what gets, up, gets us excited. And we say, oh, there really hasn't been, you know, a lot of craft beer and things put in the stadium. Well, it's a great opportunity for us now to go out to, you know, uh, you know, these companies and build out really fun programs for them. And, you know, we're building a nine hole mini golf course out in, you know, out, out in center field um, to create a whole new atmosphere and area out there. So, like I said, there, we see things as, you know, the, you know, this is, we see them a little bit differently. Um, and I, and I'm just excited to see everyone's reaction as, as we kind of put on these, this show. All right. Well, one, one last thing here. And you, you mentioned, you said that you're a person who likes hats. I've really been enjoying the official league hats, your limited edition hats for different teams. Always a surprise, you know, every, every month, which the four teams are going to be that, uh, that you, that you put out there. So uh, that's been really fun to follow in terms of, new hats new things are there plans for alternate identities you know new marks for the team is there what's 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 in in store for the uh, lake county captains well we do have a lot of merchandise we've been working on um that will debut in april um so we've got a great new collection there'll be shirts and hoodies and um some great jackets and some really fun some really fun ideas some throwbacks to uh you know, the championship that the team won in 2010, um, just a lot of really interesting, different kind of looks. Um, so we're testing out a lot of different uh, ideas for that. We are not going to do any alternate identities this season. And I think there's a couple of reasons for it. I mean, one is we have a lot of brand things happening this year. I mean, we've got three different hats we're going to be wearing from throwback hats in addition to the, the, the normal um, regular collection. Um, in addition to that, we've got multiple jerseys, and this is actually where it's really fun. I've been working with the Guardians, um, to, you know, at, on a couple designs that are very old school Indians inspired um, nice. that we're going to be wearing on our throwback Sundays. So there's some, uh, there are two jerseys that are very, very cool, and I think will be very recognizable to fans um, that we will be debuting. So those are going to be really exciting. Um, but I think for us, it was really just important to celebrate the team name, Lake County, the captains. Um, and not getting too cute this year until we learn a little bit more about the market. And and in actually, we've, we have a few really interesting ideas um, that we may want to put in for next season for for alternate identities. I just I think there's too many times they're done wrong or rushed. I wanted to make sure it was something that we we really felt 
uh, was something that we wanted to do and all were behind. Um, so that would be great. I don't have any plans to change the name of the captains. I think it's a great name, um, but I do think it's probably time for a, a nice rebrand. And because there's so much history, and I mean, we haven't even gotten to this. They 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 paid, played you know ten plus years in Georgia before even getting to Lake County. So between the red sticks and twenty years of captains, there is a lot of cool history. And I think when we when we'll look at hey a rebrand or some re new design elements, uh, I think we want to take from that whole history and maybe modernize things a little bit. But that's a fun project that we'll get to after we get everything else underway for opening day and all the fun stuff we've got this season. Awesome. Well, Alan, thank you so much for coming on and talking about the captains. You know, you have a lot going on. I hardly know where to send people to follow you on social media right now. So it's, I mean, there's the, there's the captains, there's official league, there's the pickles, there's all the things we've talked about. Where would you like people to go follow you on, uh, on social media? I think those are all great places. You got to follow the Lake County captains for sure. Official league, definitely follow that. Like, like you were saying, there's so many great new hats coming out and other, other items as well. Um, and then, of course, everyone should be following the pickles by now. That's 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 absolutely a must. Alan, thanks so much. This is fun to catch up with you again. Definitely catch you at a captain's game uh, in, the, in the next couple seasons. Excellent. Thank you. All right, everyone. Welcome back. I'm so pleased to welcome back to the podcast once again, designer Dan Simon. Listeners of this podcast may already be familiar with Dan's work. Dan has appeared on basically every episode. So Dan, thank you for, for being back. Thanks for taking time out of your morning to talk to me. I'm exaggerating a bit when I say you've been on every episode, but you certainly have been on every recent episode with Studio Simon Stumpers. This is not a Studio Simon Stumper yet. You'll be back later on in the episode with that. But right now we're here to talk about your work on the Lake County Captain's brand. Good morning, Dan. How are you? I'm doing great. And uh, yeah, I have not been on every episode Although now I'm a regular due to the Studio Simon Stumpers, so there's that. But I have been I have been a guest to discuss a brand identity I've developed at least a dozen times. It might be more by now. Plus, there was the the double episode turn oh, yeah. the tables uh, part. So yeah, I, I, I'm I am a very good friend of the show. So the the double episode uh, back around the holidays was, uh, you know, the hostile Dan Simon takeover when you were the host of of the podcast for two episodes. We introduced that with the the clip from the movie Captain Phillips. I'm the captain now. And here we are talking about the Lake County captains. You've done some work for this team over the years. There's a lot of fun details in in these logos for this brand. The team had a, a captain logo with the hat down sort of over his eyes and a baseball bat over his shoulder. Uh, a little bit cartoonish. You updated it for a much more contemporary look in, in 2009. You kept the character and the character, the sort of head-on version of the character has become a, a major part of, of this team's brand. I, you know, I always ask you this question when you update an existing brand. What were the challenges in sort of honoring the team's past and bringing it into a, a more contemporary era of, of branding? First, I should mention that the team, you just said that this, the work that I did was a more contemporary take on it. Um, the, it, it. Originally, when they came to me, it was not supposed to be kind of a, a rebranding. It was more of a brand update. They wanted to take that, or 
the character in their original logo and other elements from their original logo and just update it, kind of make it better. It served its purpose well at first, but there were one of the issues with it, and this wasn't a challenge for me, but one of the challenges for the team was, I don't remember exactly how many colors it had in it, but it had too many colors. Hmm. In sports branding, the the rule of thumb, and I don't know who originated this rule, but I have been abiding by it since I've been doing what I've been doing, is a maximum of four colors. This, their logo, and again, I, 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 I would like to do a count, but we're not going to do that right now. I think it had eight or nine colors. I just counted them, Dan. And first of all, I, I laughed because my sixth grade teacher, Mrs. Schiminger, always used to ask us to keep things to a dull roar. So I love that you pulled that expression out. Counting the white and the black, there are eight colors in that original logo. And, yeah, and it, it took me a minute to count them because I kept losing count. Eight colors in a logo is too many. Right. So for me, it wasn't a challenge. It, the, the, the team had a challenge, which was a logo that was costing them unnecessary money. Okay. So that, that was one of my charges was to, was to get this down to a four color logo. So in the first round, I did do what amounted to a brand update and that logo came out well. I believe that the client liked it, but for some reason they, uh, to use a nautical term, decided to change course and take a different tack um, and decided to do, as you described, a more, what ended up being a more contemporary take on logo artwork for um, what amounted to a rebrand rather than a brand update. Well, and you shared that original unused version of their their updated look. I will share that. Stay tuned to my Twitter feed and Instagram. I'll I'll post that up there at some point during the week when when this episode goes live. But then the updated suite of logos had the the, the boat's steering wheel. It had a lighthouse. It has you know it had we talked about the front facing view of the captain himself with his big handlebar mustache. And there's one logo here. It says Lake County Captains Professional Baseball, and it's got a very specific ship in it. I want to ask you about that. But also, I think importantly, the fact that they have this C logo for captains, well, they're, you know, 17 miles from Cleveland, right? Like they are right down the street from Cleveland. So if you're a fan of the Cleveland Guardians and you see that this minor league team has a C with a lighthouse or a couple of different stylized Cs, maybe that C attracts you as a as a fan of the Cleveland Guardians. Was that part of your intent to create a, a C for Cleveland for the captain's logo? Interestingly, no, it wasn't because in looking back over my files, you know, this identity was done doing the math 14 years ago. Um, I wanted to reacquaint myself with not just the logos that made it, but also the ones that may have ended up on the cutting room floor, um, you know, the, how the whole process went. And in looking back, my the first cap logo that I did for them was an LC for Lake County. Mm. And um, they wanted to, to, and it looked fine, but ultimately they, they just wanted to go with a C. Um, I guess I always 
just figured, well, that's C for captains. But the point you make is a very good point, which is that they are, you know, just outside of Cleveland. And the there is a secondary logo that was worn and may still be worn as a sleeve patch on on their at least their home jersey, if not the home road and alternate, um, that features a a a steamship, the SS William G. Mather, mm -hmm. um, which was a bulk freighter built in 1925 that is now harbored in is that what it's called when it's just stays there um in cleveland or not in cleveland but on lake erie in cleveland um and it it's now a maritime museum and they wanted that boat specifically featured so even though they're you know the stadium's located in east lake um it's very much the greater cleveland area so if that sea cap logo, and then there's actually two different ones. If they create a tie to Cleveland, then all the better. I want to ask you specifically, you said there are two or there are multiple versions of the, the C logo. One of them in particular has a lighthouse. I assume that is a specific lighthouse. Yes, that is the Fairport Harbor West Lighthouse. And the reason it's called, so it's located in Fairport Harbor on a break water. Um, and the reason it's the West Lighthouse is because there was originally a, um, a, a lighthouse that was just called the Fairport Harbor Lighthouse. It wasn't called East because at that point there was no West Lighthouse. So it was just the lighthouse there. But at some point that one was decommissioned and this one was built in its place. And that it is, um, an icon on one of one of the iconic lighthouses um, on Lake Erie, right there in the East Lake and Cleveland area. I found that lighthouses are like ballparks, national parks, amusement parks. Lighthouses people will keep life lists of lighthouses, and uh, I, I, I'm sure. As a designer, you have to be very careful not to misrepresent any of the details of a specific lighthouse because you may have people who are not baseball fans but who are lighthouse fans who find this logo and want to have it in their you know in their collection because lighthouses are are I know people who when they travel they will see what the nearest lighthouse is so that that logo I'm sure is pretty uh, particular or, or important to people who who like lighthouses. It's not just with lighthouses, but it's important when, not just me, but when anybody is developing a brand identity that they get the details right. Because there have been, there have been examples or instances where the designers have gotten details wrong and immediately somebody will pick up on it. Especially with, with social media now, it'll get out there and people will point out the mis any mistakes that were made. Um, I can tell you on a logo I did, it was the Round Rock Express logo suite, which has since been updated by um, a, a another firm. So my logo is not in place anymore, but there were, in the E-cap logo, there were little rivets. And each of those rivets had a little white circle on it that was the highlight, so it looked shiny. 
and I, the rivets were not with the the light source was not correct based on how I did those rivets on um, uh, compared to the shadows and the rest of the the logo. And somebody pointed that out. It's like I screw I I screwed up. I made a mistake. Uh, so fortunately, those types of mistakes are few and far between, but they've happened since and they might happen again. But uh, I, I want to point out about the, this lighthouse. Yes, I did want to make sure I was accurate with its depiction, but I do want to I do want to say when you look at the lighthouse and the logo, you can see it's kind of a conical shape. It's mm -hmm. wider at the bottom and gets thinner at the top. That's not how the lighthouse is, but that was not a mistake on my part. You also notice the C in, in the logo, it, it, it's in perspective. It's, it's wider on the bottom and smaller on the top. It's meant to look like you're looking up at something that's otherwise straight, hmm. you know, vertical from top to from bottom to top, but I wanted to give the, the, the impression of you're looking up at something to give it a little more dimension. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I made the, the lighthouse, um, well, ha have perspective. Sure. Your description of that is, is reminiscent of the work that you did on the Joliet Slammers logo with the, with the prison where you're sort of looking up at it and there's a, there's a perspective on it. Yes. So, yeah. So that's, so if any lighthouse enthusiasts look at that and say, nope, that he did not accurately <laughs> depict that. Yes, I did. It's just done with perspective. So I, I want to ask you about one last thing on this logo, which is an unused cap logo, which features just an anchor. And you, you sent me this one as well. And this is another one that I'll, I'll share online because this is, this is a really fun logo and it had, and it was just a sort of flat illustration that you sent me. So I can't exactly tell, but it did it. So it had the, the anchor on the, you know, the front panel. And then it had, did it actually have like, was the concept that it would be like a sort of like a gold rope across the front, like above the brim and, and in front of the front panel. That's yeah, that's exactly what it was. I have a fascination with, as do I think a lot of other uh, baseball fans of a, of a certain age with the one year existence of the Seattle Pilots, who were an expansion team who only ended up staying in Seattle for one year before they were they were underfunded. Um, back then, apparently, Major League Baseball did not do quite the due diligence they do now with new owners. And the owners that they awarded that expansion franchise to um, did not really have the money to run it. And after one year, they, they couldn't afford to, to keep the team, to keep the team. So that team was, they lost that ownership. It was, the team was purchased by a guy named Bud Selig, who baseball fans might have heard about what happened with him. Of course, the uh, a later commissioner of baseball, but he, he bought the team and moved them to Milwaukee and they became the Brewers and still are. But for one year, they were in Seattle. And for one year, their caps were blue caps, royal blue caps with a yellow S on it and above on the crown, but just above the, at the bottom of the crown, just above the visor, was that you re you referred to it as a rope. Maybe it's a braid. I don't know what mm -hmm. it is, but that that you will see on a on a sea captain's or a a, a a 
plane or jet pilots tap. I, I, this is not in a, a visual medium <laughs> we're on now, but I, I hope people can envision what what you, you go on an airplane, what the pilot's wearing, or you go on a boat, what the captain's wearing. Those hats had that little braid or rope across the front. Um, and the Seattle pilots cap had that. And I wanted to do an homage to that cap because I love that's my favorite cap of all time is that Seattle pilots cap. And here was my chance to do that. And it was presented, but ultimately it didn't get used. And I don't remember if it was just because the team didn't like the idea or if perhaps it would have been too expensive to do that extra detail on on a cap. But it got done on the Seattle Pilots cap back in 1969, so it could be done. I, I honestly don't remember why it didn't get done, but I do remember it was. I felt it was a shame it didn't get done. It's one of one of the biggest what what could have been. So my my head is so full right now that I've, I've I'm just gonna do a full like just brain dump on you here. First of all, Alan Miller, new owner of the Lake County Captains also owns a hat company called Official League, and they're doing all sorts of fun, wacky stuff with with caps now. So I think we got to reintroduce this idea to Alan Miller to see if we can't get this cap made. I also need to say, on a recent episode of this podcast, one of the guests was my friend, Chris Trabon, who is a huge Seattle Mariners fan and loves that one year pilots team you know and he and he resents bud selig so this is chris is a running buddy of mine we we talk about baseball all the time totally resents bud selig for uh ripping the pilots away from from seattle after one year and was the coach of his son's little league team named the team the fort collins pilots and asked me to create a logo so i have created a pilots logo that is based on the old Seattle pilots because of Chris's love for the, the Seattle pilots. So you and Chris Trabon share that affinity for the pilots. And then, uh, yeah, this, this cap is, is great. And I can just, I, I don't know, I can, I could totally see it coming back in a, in a contemporary sense now. So. Well, I'm familiar with that cap company you mentioned. It wasn't one of the first caps they did one that was done for the Portland Pickles. Is that this, am I thinking of the same company? Yep. Yep. I actually okay. have that hat behind me on the wall here. They also did a corduroy hat and I love corduroy hats because my, one of my favorite dad jokes to tell is that, have you heard about the corduroy hats? They're making headlines. <laughs> I like that. Dan, thank you so much. We're going to see you we're, or we're going to hear you back here on the podcast in a few minutes for a Studio Simon Stumper. In the meantime, Dan is on Instagram at Studio underscore Simon and still to this day, not on Twitter, even though your arrival on Twitter would be a huge moment for all minor league baseball fans. Thank you for joining me, Dan. We'll talk to you in a few minutes. Yep. See you then. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm very happy to be joined right now by Brad Seymour, who is the president of the Windy City Bulls, a G League team, an NBA G League team, and former general manager of the Lake County Captains. Brad Seymour, thank you so much for being here. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So I, the, you, I have to say you're my first president of a uh, of a G League basketball team that I've had on the podcast. So it's uh, it's a pleasure to 
to, to talk to you. I'm seeing some basketballs behind you. I'm seeing some bobbleheads behind you with uh, some bull yeah. themes to them. So, uh, so this is it. That's a first for me, but we're here to talk about the Lake County captains. You started as general manager in 2009 before they rebranded with the current brand that they have now. And uh, you oversaw that process. So I'll, I'll, you know, I'll start just by asking you, what was the thinking in terms of when you came in as general manager as 2009 and you sort of surveyed the the scene there and you thought, okay, we got to, uh, we got to rebrand here. We got to update this look. What was the, what was the impetus behind rebranding with the the team identity there? Yeah. A couple of different things uh, come to mind as I, you know, look back at that time, I, I, I joined the team in 09. So, you know, 2009, 2010, uh, I worked, you know, under the old brand, let's call it. And, um, you know, I, I, I just kind of assessed the situation where I had come from a, a different team, the Lancaster Jethawks, and about halfway through my tenure there, we had decided to rebrand and just kind of freshen up the overall look. And, um, the Lake County captains had been in existence since 03. Um, and if recollection is right, I, I want to say that they had a couple of different iterations of a logo or a different brand, or maybe a secondary logo that kind of came on. Um, and the one thing I noticed, you know, after kind of studying it is that there was no synergy between the whole portfolio of brands. Um, you know, the, the primary logo, which is actually a, a cool little logo. And, um, but there was no synergy with what the jerseys look like, for example, and, you know, different fonts, different, just a completely different look. And so that was one thing that stood out to me. Um, and I think just, you know, the, the, the desire to want to update, maybe modernize the look a little bit and, and just create something that, you know, I, I thought could be better, uh, you know, and ownership thought, you know, let's, let's take a look at this. And so, you know, fortunately they, they supported the decision to move forward with it. I immediately, you know, reach out to Dan Simon, who I had gone through the process of rebranding the Lancaster Jethawks with, you know, knowing he's the best in the business, in my opinion. And, um, you know, it, the other thing is, Dan is going to walk you through the entire process. And, and that's what the most interesting part was to me is from the first day until the last, you know, moment, um, Dan is, is so thorough with everything. And, um, and so that's also what made it an enjoyable, uh, process. In terms of the name itself, when you came on in 2009, the team had been there for about six years at this point, mm -hmm. you know, when I, when I tell these stories, uh, you know, they're very frequently I'll, I'll, I'll think, okay, well, that's pretty simple, straightforward. You know, there's, there's in this instance, the team's right on the water and they're called the captains because there's a lot of captains of ships and boats uh, out there on the water. When you came on with the team, was there anything beyond that in terms of the significance of the name, like the reason that the name captains was chosen for this team? That's the, the main reason. The ballpark sits less than a mile from the shores of Lake Erie. Um, you know, obviously being one of the great lakes, there's a lot of shipping that goes on out there. And, um, and so it was kind of a, a natural fit. Um, and, and the, the cool thing, and this all happened before me is that, you know, the team, the team dove headfirst into everything. There was, you know, one of the signature parts of the, the stadium. And I think it's still there is, is a working lighthouse out in center field. Um, the, uh, the merchandise store, uh, had a nautical theme to it, you know, through and through the suites 
you know, you would see the nautical theme weave in and out. So, you know, from, from the get-go, they did a really good job in terms of, you know, taking that theme of the captains and then branching it out and really making it an immersive experience when you're at the ballpark as well. Um, you know, it's, it, it's an important part of that community. It's, it's certainly something that when you live, you know, uh, right on the shores of a, a major, you know, shipping or lake that has shipping, then it's, it's a natural fit. Absolutely. B before I move on to my next question, did the captain have a name? I don't think I've heard a name for the captain. No, there is no name. Uh, at one point, we we had a character that that you know worked on game days. Um, that was a captain that lived in the lighthouse, and he would come out and um, you know greet kids and take pictures, and he was dressed up in as a captain. And and that character has gone through different names depending on you know who was was working it um but the the logo itself per se does not have a name that captain does not have a name the 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 mascot's name is skipper um okay. looks nothing like the uh like the logo it's a, it's basically a, a takeoff of the philly fanatic and so but again you see that nautical theme weaving into into that part of the the operation but no the the name of the the, the i guess the captain on the main logo does not have a name Okay, interesting. Well, it feels like uh, an opportunity here for the, the team's new ownership right now. I, I hope there they're listening. Go. So this this brand, even though it's a character, right? Like it's a captain character, it would have been pretty easy to get pretty silly with this, uh, you know, with with a, a sea captain character or a lake captain character. But it's still a, a fairly serious brand. Uh, is that was that an intentional choice uh, from your part as general manager? Yeah, you know, from the get-go, you know, one of the first thing Dan asks, and and he did it both times that I I worked with him on these types of projects was, you know, do we do we want to go the the quote silly route? Do we want to go more traditional route? Um, and you know, from our perspective, and and as somebody who was kind of leading, you know, this project, I'm I am more of a traditionalist, and so. Um, you know, just looking at Dan's work across the board, no matter what he has put together, it's always a nice, clean, uh, professional look. And, and I think it does a great job of capturing, you know, the, 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 what, the what is important to the community. I know we talked a lot about that when we were going through the early parts of the project. We would just brainstorm about, you know, different words or talking points about what, what is important in the community. And um, but Dan knew from the get-go, you know, we weren't going to go too wacky, so to speak. And, and um, you know, he, he did a really good job of not only capturing that, but like I said at the beginning, he does a great job. And, and this was really important to me is just creating that, that template, that portfolio of, of brands that you can use in any manner, but they all tie together. And that was really important to me. The jerseys, the secondary, even third logos, the word marks. Um, but we did it in a way that I thought was, you know, representative more of a traditional approach. And, um, you know, Dan's credit, you know, he listens to you and and that's certainly the, dir the direction we took with, with this project. This captain's logo came out in 2003 at a time when minor league baseball logos were really ramping up into an era of just wackiness, right? Like, and that, yes. that has been ramping up and has 
continued unabated right like and it's now it's with alternate identities there's mm -hmm. i mean it's there's no sign of this slowing down i i think you've seen it some in minor league hockey and maybe somewhat like a little less in in you know that the level of basketball where where you are right now do you anticipate minor league baseball's wackiness finding its way into other minor league sports that's a great question um and i i agree i mean i i worked in baseball for 21 years so i i started in the mid 90s and then you know left for basketball in 2015 and so i saw this entire evolution of you know going from teams that a lot of teams just carried their parents' name. I mean, I started with the San Jose Giants, you know, nothing crazy and, and wacky about that. But I remember vividly the Chattanooga Lookouts and the Carolina Mudcats came yep. on and it it revolutionized kind of the way everybody looked at their teams. And that kind of, if if I remember correctly, that's what started it. I remember, I remember ordering those hats yeah. because they were so unique and um and and obviously we've seen where it's it's taken it from there but you know you're you're right i i see um you know in in hockey that you'll see some silly names or or whatnot basketball is a little bit different um you know and part of that at least in the g league um most of our teams uh are owned by the nba parent and so a lot of the teams in this league have taken on the the same moniker as the nba um the NBA franchise. Um, but that being said, you know, there's, there's several of us that have come over from baseball. And so we are, I think, starting to influence maybe that alternate identity, you know, process. And maybe I've seen a couple of teams, um, you know, do it more on a one-off basis um, where you can get creative. The, the Wisconsin herd, which are owned by the Milwaukee Bucks come to mind, but once a year, they become the Wisconsin curd and it's all about cheese curds and they do, it's wildly successful. And yeah. I think you're going to see a little bit more of that with some of the progressive teams in our league, at least. Um, but by and large, it's, it's pretty by the book, um, you know, where you, you're just kind of an extension of the, the NBA parent. Brad, I appreciate you coming on and taking a couple of minutes to talk about uh, the the origins of the the current brand in the Lake County Captains and some comparisons to uh, different minor league sports. Where can folks find you on social media? Uh, I, I'm I'm really not on social media. I I have a Twitter account, and to be honest with you, I don't even know what the name is. I don't really do social media. This is why you seem so relaxed and, and happy during this conversation here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Brad, thank you so much. Appreciate you taking time out of your morning and uh, good luck to you uh, to the Windy City Bulls. Thanks, Paul. It is time once again for studio simon stumpers this has become such a staple on the baseball by design podcast i love it so much i love getting to sit with you every week dan and and hear what terrific trivia you have come up with relevant to the topic at hand this week you and i have already spoken about the lake county captains but now you're back with a studio simon stumper a trivia question about lakes or counties or captains mustaches i don't know i can never i can never i can't research these things in advance because i never know where you're going to go with them so let's let's see 
where you're going with the Lake County Captain's Studio Simon Stumper. Where we're going with this one is based on where something we already discussed, which is specifically the Fairport Harbor West Lighthouse. So as I mentioned, one of the Lake County Captain's on-field caps features the letter C and in the, the counter of that letter is this lighthouse. And so our question is about the lighthouse, which it has operated since its lamp was first lit in 1925, but was deemed excess by the Coast Guard and put up for auction in, two, in, in the year 2005. After defaults by the winning bidders of each of the first three auctions that were held to sell this lighthouse to a private owner, um, a successful sale was finally made to the fourth, a fourth bidder in 2011. So our question asks, what were the plans this individual had for the lighthouse? What was this individual going to do with it? Was it going to be A, a summer home, B, a museum, or C, a seafood restaurant? <laughs> See, I never could have researched this. Okay. A summer home, a museum, or a restaurant? Specifically a seafood restaurant. A seafood restaurant. Summer home is the wackiest. Of, I feel like I'm on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me right now. Summer home is the sort of wackiest of those. Museum, you wouldn't have asked me this question if the answer was museum. Museum is too boring an answer for that to be the the answer. A seafood restaurant is also pretty basic. I'm going to say it's got to be summer home because that is the the most outrageous thing that you could do with a lighthouse, just buying it for no reason. I'm going to go A, summer home, final answer. Uh, I You mentioned how much you love doing these stumpers. I love, first of all, I love doing them. I love re coming up with, with some connection to what we're talking about and, and doing the research and coming up with a question. But I also love hearing you, I think you referred to it as sussing it out. Is that the expression? Sussing it out is a phrase I've used many times, yeah. Yeah, I, I love it. And you have nailed a number of these. Sometimes you miss, but I think you've, you've answered correctly more than you have answered incorrectly. But your thinking, even when you answer incorrectly, is, is always spot on. In this case, you did not answer incorrectly. You got it right. It, oh. And it, it, the, that... the lighthouse was purchased for $71,000 by Sheila Consol, a marketing executive from the D.C. area, who announced that this would be her, quote unquote, personal summer home. And it would be also, quote unquote, the ultimate lake house. Um, so uh, that was, she purchased it, I said, back in 2011. So that's 12 years ago. It is, she still owns it. Um, she's still working on it, but it is a, it is, it's, it's, you can imagine a, a, a lighthouse. This is, this is a, it's not just the lighthouse. There is an attached two-story keeper's cottage. Um, and, you know, it's it's on a lake. It It's, you know, it, it has 
weather events, you know, cold and rain and waves and things like that. This lighthouse is not like a light, a lot of lighthouses right on the coastline, like on shore. This is on a breakwater that was built. So it's very difficult to get things to it. When she was, when she was um, renovating it, um, there were certain things that could not, that, that had to be brought to the lighthouse by boat. So it's been a very long and arduous and difficult task, but she's been a trooper and she's stuck with it. So one, one of the other things, here's an interesting little tidbit about this lighthouse. Um, the shell of it was, was not built on site. It was actually built in Buffalo, New York and oh. transported 170, 170 miles across or down Lake Erie by steamer to Fairport Harbor, where where this lighthouse is located. So um, I I am fast. I love lighthouses. I'm not a lighthouse enthusiast, but anytime I'm anywhere where there's there might be a lighthouse, I want to go see it. So um, this was some, this yeah. was a, a a rich vein for for possible trivia questions here too. This was you know the fact that it was built in Buffalo. <laughs> That one I probably would have gotten wrong, right? Like So that is a lot of fun. As we talked about earlier on this episode, people love lighthouses. People collect them. They visit them. You know, especially people love the water. I love the ocean. I love a giant lake. And, uh, you know, what a what a setting for a ballpark and for a lighthouse turned summer home. What a great thing. One of the real challenges, you ask, you, you always ask me what challenges were there in uh, developing an, a particular identity. One of the biggest challenges is there's no running water there um, okay. because it's, it. and one of the things she said is she never imagined that a lighthouse on a lake would have a problem with on a freshwater lake would have a <laughs> right. problem with getting water think of the irony of that but yeah. so there's no shower there so she quote-unquote showers in lake erie so apparently she it sounds more to me like she bathes in lake erie i don't understand I how so, yeah. shower in it it has it has a full-on kitchen it has multiple bedrooms she actually added bedrooms it's got a lot of the creature comforts and and she has electrical power that is that is both there's solar power there's generator and there was one other thing that um through which she gets electricity so you can live there but you can imagine with um no running water it's there are certain things you you, you can't do dan i am so glad to know this fact courtesy of studio simon stumpers I appreciate you coming on every single week. We will talk to you again next week for another Studio Simon Stumper. Thanks, Dan. Uh, you're very welcome. I'm looking forward to the next one. <laughs>